Welcome back to episode 145 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch and I'm your host for another Game Week preview, going over waiver options, hidden gems and general Premier League chat ahead of Game Week 10. Now, I didn't get to watch my usual hours and hours of football last weekend due to other commitments, but I was very pleased to check the scores and see my new trade addition, Brian and Bumo with a goal and assist for Brentford, plus my leading light, Mo Salah, pile on another 16 points to put him top of the FPL tree through the opening nine game weeks. Again, clean sheets were slightly difficult to find. Liverpool, Brentford, Newcastle and Spurs on Monday night, the only ones that came out of that weekend. And generally, results pretty much going as you might have expected going into them. I'm recording this episode on Wednesday the 25th of October, so any team news, injury developments or press conference info are up to date as of then, and of course subject to change. Now if you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, we released our second video ever on uh, on Monday, um, in which me and Draft FC Kieran sat down for a bit of a general chat with one uh, one eye on trades and another eye on basically looking at who's been an over and underachiever through the opening nine game weeks. So a chance for us to discuss some players that don't usually crop up on the game week preview pods because they're quite highly owned and just nice to uh, mess around with a different medium and hopefully we'll continue to release some more of those regularly as the season goes on. Bit of a learning curve. As you'll see in the video, not everything went entirely to plan but onwards and upwards from there. But anyway, back to the audio. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Cole Palmer, Adingra, Tomiyasu, plus a few more. So let's get straight into it. Let's start with Waiver Watch. The main players coming in last week were Simikas, Suchek, Cole Palmer, Willy Boli and Hichan Wang. The players leaving were Diop, Castagne, Robinson, Ward, and Reem, so a bit of a theme there with the Fulham defence, which probably wasn't a bad move. Interestingly, just another name to point out, Robertson was dropped in free agency in around 12% of leagues, which is huge for a player that would ordinarily just be held at the back of the bench and maybe a sign that people are really starting to turn off on the Liverpool defence. Anyway, to the fixtures. Now, do my weekly fixture barometer is so much easier now, thanks to our very own Draft FC fixture difficulty rater, Nicely colour-coded in the table, now live for all to see and use. Currently in its simplest and purest form, but we will continue to make improvements to that as the season goes on. Now, you don't really have to sort that table far beyond alphabetical order at the moment because the teams with very nice fixtures coming up are all right at the top. Starting with Aston Villa, always nice to look ahead to a home game against Luton and everything on paper tells me that that could be a bloodbath. Villa are one of the most potent attacks probably in European football right now, led by Ollie Watkins. And this should be a good day out for the, the defence as well. So off the back of this, they then travel to Forest and then have a home game against Fulham in game week 12 before the third international break. Uh, and what becomes a more testing schedule for them after that entering the festive period. Moving down to Arsenal, the other standout for this weekend and further ahead, Sheffield United at home this week. Then Newcastle away, then Burnley at home, as said before, that international break. The nice run continues beyond. Um, so if there are any Arsenal options lurking in your waiver pile, now is the time to gamble. And we'll be discussing one or two of those gambles late in the episode. And then the other team to point out are Brighton. Difficult team to appraise so far. Only the bottom three clubs have currently conceded more than Brighton in the league. 
and their first clean sheet of the season still remains elusive. Now, judging by the performance against Spurs on Monday night football, Fulham are a very good opportunity for Brighton to put together their first complete performance uh, on Sunday, backed up with a trip then to Everton and then a home game against Sheffield United. I'm sure there will be quite a few Brighton punts from the waivers this week too. Let's get into the main picks then, starting with uh, a couple of defenders. The first one is Cucurella for Chelsea. He's now started four games in a row for Chelsea and has been used both at right and his preferred left back. And with Chilwell out for a little while longer, he becomes an option, though you may only be looking to have him for this week in their home game against Brentford. Beyond this, it's one of the trickiest runs any team face in the calendar with away games to Spurs, Newcastle and United over the next six, plus home games against City and Brighton to complete the set. Clean sheets could be hard to come by this weekend, uh, as they always seem to be at the moment, but a Chelsea defender at this moment would seem worth a shout. The next player is uh, Joel Veltman. Now, the fixtures obviously are there for Brighton defenders to try and get their first clean sheet of the season, and with injuries to a few key personnel uh, and a very poor showing from Milner at right back recently tells me that Veltman is virtually guaranteed to start there at the weekend. Dunk is probably the standout option, but he's taken in nearly 80% of 10-team leagues whereas Veltman is available in just over 75% of leagues, so he's out there for plenty of you. The easiest way in is to predict Dunk's centre-back partner. Van Heck, Eagle and Webster are all in hidden gem territory with less than 5% ownership, but your guess is as good as mine. I would pay attention to who they field in the game against Ajax on Thursday, because that might give you an idea of who's likely to not start on Sunday. Into midfield, uh, and a couple of Villa options. First is McGinn. Ownership around 50% in 10-team leagues, a quiet-ish season so far considering the number of goals that Villa have scored already, but probably about par for what you'd expect from McGinn going into the season. Expectations for him are around 6-10 to 10, uh, attacking returns for the year, so um, I think that he's on three currently, so as say it's about what you'd probably expect, but given the fixtures, I expect his ownership to shoot up this weekend. The other one to mention is Douglas Louise. Now, his ownership is reaching very high levels um, sort of getting up into the high 80s now. Worth discussing as a point of interest more than anything. Five goals so far, three of those from the penalty spot. Make no mistake, his value lies in that fact and that fact alone. He's not showing a huge amount from open play. It's a shame Watkins isn't the man on penalties as he's going to struggle to really ever match the tallies that the likes of Haaland, Salah and Son get um, You know, with their handful of penalties thrown into the mix. If we were to see a moment where Watkins did become the penalty taker, then Douglas Louise's value would drop and I would expect him to get dropped in the majority of teams straight away. Back to Brighton for a couple of their mids. The first one is uh, Simon Adingra. Uh, two goals, one assist so far, and he's now started four of the last five league games, though a lot of that has been due to March's injury. And then we've also seen March slot in at left-back for the past couple of games. Also got to add in the fact March has potentially picked up another injury issue, which means we are likely to see Adingra continue on that right-hand side. It means he'll be against Robinson and Ream, which isn't a bad matchup at all currently. He's expected goal involvements per 90, just under 0.5, which is more than fine when you consider he's had to accumulate that against the likes of Newcastle, Villa, Liverpool and City so far this season. So it'd be interesting to see how he can do with a run of uh, lesser opponents. The other one to mention is Ansu Fati. Now, no Premier League start yet for the Barca Wunderkind, but two goals in 142 minutes of league game time is not bad at all. I wonder if we do see him get his first league start sooner than later after a bit of a bedding in period, but 
The turnarounds for their European games means he could be stuck in the cycle of starting the midweek games for now. The international break would allow a reset of that, but to be honest, I'd take Fatty for the next three, even if I knew he was only going to get half an hour off the bench. Interestingly, his ownership has just been declining since game week five when he first entered the game. That first week, he was mopped up in 75% of draft leagues, and this is now just over 50%. But I reckon this could be the first week we see another positive uptick in his stock price. Now, a player who has had absolutely no trouble raising his stock price in recent weeks and a player that we've discussed on a couple of previous pods, I believe, is Cole Palmer. Now, his ownership in game week six was just 15% for 10 team leagues and three weeks later, he's up above 50%, which is still too low. uh, And I expect that trend to continue this week. One thing that always helps against the backdrop of a run of difficult fixtures is being a penalty taker because there is a baseline ability there to score points, even in relatively tough matchups. He's quickly played himself into being a very regular starter and is definitely someone that deserves a spot in somebody's team this week in leagues of sort of eight teams plus. Now, it's never as simple to draw direct comparisons to teams that managers may have managed before, but the way Palmer's starting to settle in and the interactions I've seen with him and Pochettino really given me strong Deli Alley vibes, which is no bad comparison to make at all. Now, I mentioned Chris Wood on last week's pod and gave him one of the most underwhelming votes of competence you'll ever hear. But he didn't disappoint against Luton and it's hard to see how Forrest managed to come away from that game without all three points. On another day, he could have had a hat-trick there. Seven shots in the game just generally looked to have terrorised that Luton back line. Fixtures aren't the easiest now, but there will still be many teams out there constantly on the lookout. Uh, many draft teams, that is, constantly on the lookout for a starting striker. And for now, while Awani is out, Wood would fit that description. Into Hidden Gems territory, the first one back to Brighton again is Tyreek Lamptey. Now, still got all weight injury news to know what exactly the situation is there and whether he is a draft option for the weekend. Also, if he does play in their Europa League match against Ajax on Thursday, I highly doubt he would play again at the weekend, so that would also tell you. Annoyingly, we won't have that info before the waiver deadline, but if he was fit enough for the bench on Thursday, he could be the sort of player you bring in as a free agent option with the possibility of him then starting in the league against Fulham on Sunday. Currently rostered in just 9% of 10-team leagues. And if you could guarantee he starts that game, what a wonderful player to own for the week. Now, I said at the top that now is maybe the time for Arsenal punts. Uh, and the player gaining some traction at the moment is Tommy Asu playing on the left-hand side of Arsenal's defence in place of Zinchenko. A very good performance coming off the bench against Chelsea last weekend. And then another very good good showing midweek against Sevilla in the Champions League on Tuesday. And as I said, now increasing noise that he could continue to get the nod over Zinchenko. Ownership is less than 5% in 10-team leagues. Definitely one I'm going to target in the waivers this week as the potential to have an Arsenal defender for games at home to Sheffield United, Burnley and Wolves over the next few game weeks is very appetising. The only thing to be wary of, if he doesn't start and you put him in your 11, there's a decent chance he comes off the bench um, and will then block your bench with a with a one-pointer, which may not be what you want. The only other thing that uh, could go against this change in personnel is the calibre of opposition. And I'm not sure Arsenal really need to start with essentially four centre-back type players at home to Sheffield United, but we shall see. And then another player I've uh, thrown out before with little conviction and will continue to do so is Zaniolo for Aston Villa. Um, We have to mention him because he's going to start and the fixtures are so good. Um, No attacking return so far and hasn't really threatened to either. If I had the choice, I'd prefer McGinn 
but he is an option there if you just want a little piece of uh, of the Villa attack in a game which, let's face it, could go to sixes and sevens. Now, the most hidden gem pick this week um, and one of the most reactionary most hidden gem picks of the season is Murphy for Newcastle. 17-pointer against Crystal Palace at the weekend. Uh, he's barely touched the pitch in the Premier League so far, but you might see a bit more of it moving forwards as Almiron has hardly looked up to the performances he was dishing out consistently last year. I would imagine we see Amaron start in the Champions League game later tonight, which would probably pave the way for Murphy to start again uh, away at Wolves. And I would fully expect in larger leagues that his ownership will rock it up this week. A few names on the get rid list. Uh, Enketia for those in smaller leagues, definitely no longer worth holding on to. Uh, Gusto is another one that should also be back on the bench, providing James is OK to start. Uh, and then finally, Tonali is currently owned in about a third of 10-team leagues, so I suspect a few of those teams may be inactive, but with the prospect of a 10-month ban incoming, even more reason to move him on. In terms of trades, uh, as I said at the beginning, if you want a bit more general chat on uh, some player valuations and, and trade chat in general, then uh, then head over to our YouTube channel and check out that video. It's quite a long one, so for those of you who may prefer a bit of longer-form content, I think that runs to just under an hour so uh, yeah, you can go there and listen to us to your heart's content. But anyway, I've got a couple of names on the buy low list this week. So the first one is Estupanan for Brighton. Obviously injured at the moment, but ownership has remained strong, which means lots of managers have been happy to hold him on the bench. Could be a good time to test their resolve, have a look at when he's due back from injury, and then have a look at the Brighton fixtures from that point onwards. Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Forest away, Chelsea away, Brentford home, Burnley at home would be a cracking player to, to add in if you can hold him on your bench for another week or two. So yeah, maybe just test the water. Now another player where, again, could just be worth testing the water is Odegaard for Arsenal. Seeing him get quite a lot of stick lately for some rather absent performances. This guy was taken 6th or 7th overall on average on draft days, um, which I, I always felt was slightly higher. I had him a bit lower in my estimations pre-season, but He's not too far down the list currently. He sat in 13th overall, 48 points. Just see if any rival managers are willing to listen to offers, but I wouldn't go overboard. The concern really here is the lack of consistency, and there's been a lot of sat padding for him from their 4-0 win away at Bournemouth in Game Week 7, but I still think he is a solid late first round, early second rounder if I was going to draft again today. And if you're listening to this as an Odegaard owner, um, don't get fleeced yourself. So that's it for this episode. A reminder that uh, due to Friday night football between Palace and Spurs, the waiver deadline is on Thursday evening. So just about 24 hours away from releasing this podcast at 6.30 in the evening, British summertime. A reminder again to go and check out our YouTube channel. I've put a link in the description to take you straight there. Subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the future episodes as they drop. The plan is to try and get a little bit more regular with the video content and things that are maybe a bit different to the usual game week previews that allow us to chat about things in the Premier League uh, and FPL world a bit more generally, though it will always be about draft and nothing but. For those just finding the podcast for the first time, be sure to also follow and subscribe on whichever platform you listen to these on so that you don't miss out on the weekly pods as they drop. For those that need to message us for any reason at all, the easiest place is on Twitter and give us a follow at draft underscore FC. Um, I put a call out a few weeks ago and got a flurry of messages about trades. I'm always keen to hear about 
trades that have gone down in your respective draft leagues. And I mean, confirmed trades, not just, you know, haggling you're doing with, with a rival manager. I want to know about confirmed trades that have gone down in real committed draft leagues so that I can then maybe dissect and discuss them on these podcasts or maybe even use those as a source of content for future YouTube stuff that we do. So yeah, be sure to just throw anything at me. Always happy to chat draft. And I know from when I've done it before, um, for a few of the regular listeners that you that you enjoy hearing your stuff talked about on this platform. So best of luck ahead of game week 10. The season is really starting to fly by now. And until next time, stay shook. Sure.